Warning, the opinions expressed on this particular podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the guests alone. They do not represent the army, the police, or anything else. Simply our opinions, no one else's. Thank you and enjoy before I forget. Hey guys, Tyree here with Before I Forget, and I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Anchor.fm. It's the platform that we're using to broadcast our podcast to you. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer, kind of like what I'm doing right now. When hosting Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Radio, and tons more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. Best thing you can do if you're looking to start your own podcast is go ahead and download Anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get to our show before I forget. You did it this time. Hey. I guess I was already using it, but yeah. So, welcome back to Before I Forget. This is Tyree and Kevin. Hey, we're waiting on Mr. Stamper so we can continue our conversation. This uh, is, um, we should point out that this is immediately after the last recording. Yes. Um, and, and man, I haven't talked to Stamper in so long. So it was, it was real, man, he's a fun fucking guy. He's a good dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's yeah. one of the few people that you can, uh, Kind of not talk to for a minute, and then just talk to him, and it's like you never miss the conversation. Yeah, yep, it's all there. And yep. you and and it, on the flip side, like you want to have conversations with him because he's just a fun person. So you miss the <laughs> you miss the times that you don't talk to him. Well, and I'll tell you, dude. Like of all the shows that we've been doing, right? Talking to folks that I haven't talked to in a minute, like you know Doc and 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 uh, and Rob and and Youngblood. Um. Well, fuck you, Mike. I've talked to him a handful of times over the, over the years, and it will. I mean, shit, dude. Even you, because you and I talk pretty regularly. Um, I would say, I'd say, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, off and on, we 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 might go a little bit <clears throat> without talking or whatever, but because that's how life works. But I mean, dude, this has been such a great experience, man. Um, to to do this and reconnect with everybody and put these stories out there and I really I really one I I love the impact that it's having for folks that listen but on a on a more personal level I love that we're all able to reconnect and uh, and be able to to do that, all that again I really hope that that soon we can have a true reunion of some type um, and and get together and have everybody there you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool, man. I mean, it's just the way times are right now with the whole fucking yeah. COVID stuff, and some people don't want to travel, and some people can't travel, and yeah, you know, everyone's spread out across the country, world, uh, man, world. Yeah, it's a little tough, it. but but on the flip side, man, it's not hard for us to get together on one of these Zoom kind of calls and uh, yeah. shoot the shit. And I'm, I'm not, I know that we did it once before. Yeah, you know, and it's it's got to be it's got to be. I don't know that I was on that. I think I was doing drill start stuff at the time, but I feel like oh. it's got it's got to be pretty hectic 
um, with oh, yeah. all of those people on there. I mean, like every time. I mean, it, it's a lot better when you're all in a room together or a tavern, bar, or whatever, and oh, you're able be, to fuck off. That'd be awesome. And, and you know, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you know, but Clifton's trying to get that um, uh, a Spader reunion going for 2025 in Germany. Oh yeah, yeah. I keep up with what he's got going on. Shout out to Clifton. Yeah. Um, so uh, it would be man. I don't know how many people are are in on that. Uh, or even I mean, twenty twenty five. You can start saving now. I guess. Yeah, man. I'll buy my tickets today. Oh, actually, you can't. Did you know that you can't buy your airline tickets um, a, a, over a year out? What? Some shit. It's silly. Yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah. But, but be, uh, I, I would totally be down for a reunion. I I tried to, and yeah, I tried to. I just it just didn't work out when we're in Vegas, like yeah, uh, got busy with stuff. But I mean, yeah, you were there. I was there. Yeah, but busy, but busy. Yeah, and I'm sure if we plan something out, we would invite uh, our guys exclusively. Yeah. Not knocking anybody else or none of that kind of stuff, but I mean, if if I want to see go to a reu- re, uh, reunion of guys, I want to know that my guys are going to be there. You know? Yeah, for sure. Well, dude, and I tell you, you're living in the wrong part of the country because there's there's a lot of us down this way. I know that, but I'm not leaving California. So stop trying. What if it falls into the ocean, Cali? If it falls in there, and then down, I'll go down with this with the ship. Dang. I'll <laughs> just die. That's it. That's the end of it. I'd Is that? Die, die then go to... Uh, no, no. I I would mm. consider going to Nevada. Nevada. Or, uh, Colorado. Really? I would. I would. I mean, it's still it's still uh, West Coast, but you know. No. Colorado. Man, you ought to see the real part of the country. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful over here. I like Washington. That'll go in the ocean. Washington's pretty sweet, sweet little country. I mean, Stanford. State. State. <laughs> Stanford. You know that if, here. if you, you, you probably. What you you probably... Sorry, I got, I got random, random ass phone call. You know this being from random, random ass Alabama. Um, yep. The New Madrid fault line. You familiar with it? No, 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 no. Stop. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. I'm going to get into the fault line conversation. We're going to finish with a stamper story because. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no. It's the same story. No. Stamper. Yo. We're in Iraq. Are you on? Yes, we're on. Oh, okay. We're in Iraq and. Where are you uh, staying? What is your sleeping situation? <clears throat> okay, we first rolling our wreck. First rolling is tomorrow. So the very first night we're rolling in, let me let me get this out of the way. I don't know if y'all remember this. Um, I had a switch because I was getting, I was just getting exhausted, I guess. So I had a switch from the driver's seat to the back. So I don't know who's driving now. But anyway, so I got my weapon that's pointed out the window of course like we're supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. all of a sudden this big gush of wind comes in now i wear contacts so i wore contacts all the way through basic training man you're not supposed to be able, allowed to do that 
But I was like, I'm not wearing the BCGs, man. I mean, BCGs. <laughs> yeah, BCGs. The birth control. Birth control uh, glasses. Glasses. I was, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. would have had to kill me, man. You wear glasses. <laughs> I, well, I don't wear glasses. I wear contacts. I okay, saw a picture so, of you in glasses once. It was, it was special. Yeah. <laughs> I don't wear them very often. But anyways, yeah. <clears throat> so, so, yeah, when I first started having eye issues, I was about 15 or 16. I just told my mother, I said, you know, I'm not wearing glasses. And she's like, okay, well, you're going to have to, you know, stick your finger in your eye. I said, no problem. Just give it to me. So, anyway, ever since then, I've been wearing contacts. And anyway, I made it through basic training with that. That's another story. But anyway, um, so yeah, we're rolling in there. We're I, we're probably about fifteen minutes away from Samara, about getting to our objective. Mm-hmm. And a big gush of wind comes in through the wind window, and I kid you not, there there it goes. The right contact comes out, and I can feel it, man. It's like on my eyelash, and I'm like, oh, dude, this this sucks. Like this cannot be happening right now. Mm-hmm. So I get my little you know red lens flashlight, like everybody has from basic training, and I got it and I can feel it on my eyelash. I'm like, you know, maybe I can just pop this, pop it back in real quick. So I did. Well, I I thought, Oh man, that was a close one. Good to go. So we get to Iraq, we get to our connexes and basically all we got is a sleeping bag. So I put my sleeping bag down on this uh, hard floor connex and I don't know how to really explain a connex to everybody, but it's just, y'all know how it was. It was just, um, it's a shipping. It's, just, it's, a, it's a shipping container. Yeah, yeah. A shipping container with an air conditioner <sighs> heater in it. Yeah. So a small one. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we we get that. We're all wore out, so we go to sleep. I wake up the next morning, and dude, I've got pus like coming out my eye. And oh, <laughs> I, I remember what is going on with this. So anyway, um, I'm just like, whatever, man. You got to get over this. Just you know, just be cool. Well, it did not, it did not get any cooler. It just, it got worse <laughs> and worse. And finally I had to go to the medic, man. I forget which medic I went to. It wasn't doc at the time skilling. It was somebody else that we had attached to us. And I was like, Hey man. And I had these goggles on, like I wouldn't walk around without these goggles on because that's how bad it looked. I mean, it was, it was awful. So anyway, so I'm just like, Hey, I got this eye condition. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, it's cool. We just, you know, I'll give you some drops or something. So he's like, let me check it out. I was like, you sure? He's like, oh, man, I'm a medic. So I like, pull my goggles off. He's like, oh, dude, he's like, jacked up, man. And I just I try to tell you, bro. I said, don't make it any worse than what it is. And he's just like, dude, you're going to need some like some 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 type of uh, ointment to put up in your eyeball. And I was like, whatever you got to do, man, I don't care what it is. I'll stick a stick in my eye right now just to get rid of this thing. <laughs> so I'm going to the chow hall, man. I've got this goo all up in my eye and I got this huge bolting looks like a huge zit on my eye, just pus coming out. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to sit here with these guys and eat in front of them like this. So I'm like wearing my, those goggles that are like, you know, sunglass goggles, huge, you know, they're like the, the dust goggles that we had or whatever they're called. I don't yeah, know. yeah. yeah, They're huge, man. The ESS I'm, I'm eating like that. Yeah. I'm eating like that. Everybody else is normal. And there I am sitting with these big old goggles <laughs> and eating at the chow hall table. And everybody's like, Hey man, what's, you know, what's, what's the deal? Yeah. Is yeah, it good? <laughs> I remember Phillips he's, even he's, trying to hit me up. He's like, hey, man, Stamper's got pink eye. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it was like. I'm like, no, man, he got pink eye. I know it had something to do with his contact, but I, I, yeah, I just remember so, like 
He's got to think. Yeah, that. the only the only thing that goes through my mind, <laughs> man, is like we got to go out on a mission, you know, tonight. And here I am with this big, huge, bolting eye, you know, just just gooey eye. Anyway, so mm-hmm. anyways, that that resides. That gets better. And um, so I remember going out on our first missions. I think we're doing night missions the very first, and uh, I was actually the uh, the appeal. Um, Lieutenant Gunther's uh, driver at the time. Our Bradleys weren't there, so we were yeah. driving Humvees, and finally got up armored. So um, we're driving those, and I don't know if we were doing like. Uh, well, I guess we we're just doing missions on our own. I can't remember. I, I can't remember if we were doing a left seat ride, right seat ride, whatever. But anyway, I remember the lieutenant being in there with me, and I remember the first contact that we had, and that was that night when. I guess somebody hit a, I don't know if it's an IED mm-hmm. or if it was like a um, landmine. Landmine. Okay. Yeah. We were, I think we were a few sh- streets over. If I'm not mistaken, it wasn't a third platoon that got hit. I believe it was. Uh, but anyway, Lieutenant Gunther's like, hey, man, we got to get there. And I was like, all right, Roger, you know, sir, you know, just tell me where to go. And he's like guiding me. So we pull up. And we come up on it pretty quick. Well, we don't, you know, we don't know where it happened exactly. I saw some smoke and stuff, but we didn't, I didn't know exactly where it was. None of us did. So we're like rolling up in there as fast as we can. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden man, we're getting shot at. I mean, we're getting shot at straight up. Uh, Epling's on the 50 cal and we're getting shot at. And we, we know it's our own guys. Well, we been radio them, tell them to start. Uh, I'm putting in reverse. I'm like backing up, and then beside us is the uh, the uh, the National Guard unit that was attached to us. They're on the they're on the left side of us, or someone's on the left side of us in a Humvee too. I kid you not, the guys jump out and get <laughs> behind the tires, and for a split second during that chaos, I remember thinking, "What are you?" do <laughs> and so i'm putting it in reverse while i'm looking at this guy like you're an idiot so i'm just you know just pulling it back and we're just da, 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 da. and then all of a sudden they stop and they realize you know it was friendly so i just couldn't believe that guy got out i mean it was one of those times where you just had that you know you talked about it earlier kj you talked about um you talked about the slow motion effect. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that happen just a, a few times in Iraq, but that was one of them. It was like a slow motion, seeing the guy get out, get behind a tire. I don't even know why he got out of his Humvee. I mean, I was just like, what do you, you know, why would you do that? But anyway, um, yeah, so we found out, you know, it was friendly and all that, all that kind of stopped. And we came back and I took an actual video of the Humvee the next morning. I still got that video. And, uh, just trying to explain the <clears throat> what had happened, and we had Where, uh, yeah we had rounds in our uh, in our uh, hood. Yeah. Okay, so so yeah. you okay? So you were you were driving Lieutenant Gunther. Yes. I was sitting right behind you. Then. Okay, but you probably <laughs> yeah you might have been in our home. Epling was so, on the he was like on a fifty cal or either yeah, or yeah, something, yeah whatever yeah. is in the turret there. Yeah. So because we had. On that Humvee, I remember there being two direct hits. One through, I believe it's like an air filter or some bullshit on the passenger side. Um, and then one, like, or, or maybe it's three hits, like one through the hood. And but I know one hit just on the top of the windshield. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that sound familiar? Yes. I mean, it yeah. was it was multiple. It wasn't like a, you know, they unloaded on us, but they definitely shot us several yeah. times. So the distance he was ducking, man. So was, the I'll never forget that plane. Oh yeah, oh, man. No, from what, I, from what I remember, the the dismounts off to our left, I could I could have swore um, was Sergeant's Gill Squad. Well, I called one of them an idiot. I don't know which one it was that got behind that tire. I kid you it was, not. It, it was, it was behind the tire. It was probably Sergeant Gill, man. <laughs> that shot first? <laughs> no, no, that he called an idiot. Oh, that guy behind jumped, the tire. Somebody jumped out. No, I, probably, I, uh, I remember Sergeant Gill saying that uh, when that shit went down, um, that he and his squad got on the ground and tried to get as low as possible, hiding behind, you know, whatever the fuck they could, which, you know, out there in the open was nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we but, were just uh, on a, it was just a, it was just a you know dirt road pretty much right there in the middle of the city. I mean, we didn't know I didn't know anything about the city at the time. None of us really did. We were yeah. just we were new guys, and I guess they were trying to figure us out because the mm-hmm. you know they they well that was yeah you know that's absolutely right yeah the the paths had changed mm-hmm. and uh, they weren't familiar with the big red one and uh, mm-hmm. that's where Easter Sunday comes into play. Yes, because you know yes. the the landmine that the that the, that the Abrams ran over was just random placement, random impact. You know what I mean? Like just hit it, boom. That's that. That wasn't as intentional as as our next major <laughs> event. Sorry, my mm-hmm. dog is going crazy. That's the the next major event over there, uh, which was Easter Sunday. Definitely. <clears throat> yeah. I remember that um, well. Just what like were you doing? What, were you, what was going on then? Okay, I was in the back of the. Hey, I was in Bradley's at that time, and uh, yep, it was um, the uh, like y'all said in earlier episodes. It was the National Guard unit that got hit with a five ton, the open five ton. Yep, and of course we didn't know that's what it was at first. We just knew that they had come in contact. We had actually just had dismounted and was uh, doing a patrol down a street. I mean, just had just started the patrol and then that happened and then we're mounting back up and going over to where their location was and um i think i'm in sergeant i think i was in sergeant baggots um bradley because mm-hmm. doc was with me uh doc was with us he was in he was in the bradley with us he was close to the hellhole as they call it yep and um <clears throat> and i man i don't know who the driver was it may have been dougie fresh it may have been Dougie Fresh. I can't remember, but yeah, if it was we, uh, if it was Sergeant Bag, it was Dougie Fresh. Yeah, yeah. So we pull up, and uh, you know it's just chaos, man. <laughs> I remember somebody's like, "Should we?" You know, I could hear. We could hear. You know, in the back of the Bradley, some of the uh, some of the uh, commands that were being given, and some of the conversations that were going on, and everything through the radio. And you could hear, like, you know, should we drop? Should we drop? Drop around? Should we drop? <laughs> I remember Doc's like, you better not drop this round, bro. He was, man, he was going off, man. And I was just kind of like sitting there and I thought, well, it looks like we're fixing the, you know, the nightmare's fixing the start. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, uh, we actually, they didn't drop around. They shot and I, I y'all going to have to help me out now. I'm losing my military bearing on certain things, especially <laughs> terminology. But like in the back of the Bradley, they have the little, um, 
I don't know, little windows back there that kind of yeah, yeah. So you the, can see out just yeah. I mean, just a little bit. I mean, it's probably yeah. like I don't even know yeah, six ports, inches, like, but they're they're, yeah. they're uh, like like a, like a per- periscopic uh, uh, ports. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I remember I could see out one of those, and I could see like behind the Bradley, and. I can't remember if we had already dismounted by this time and cleared a house and, and, and mounted back up. But we were we were somewhere where I could see First Sergeant Salinas Humvee behind us. And I can't remember who, who their fifty cal gunner was. And it may not have been his Humvee, but there was like two or three Humvees back there. And like I said, it's kind of vague on this part. But I do I'll never forget seeing first sergeant salinas reaching over the hood with his nine mil and like (laughs) i mean he you can he's just like you can tell he's just screaming i don't know what he's yelling at him but he's he's got his (laughs) glock there in in the uh the sideways position like the gangster type of uh, (laughs) you know (laughs) i'm just like that is hilarious He has changed, and he just—he was just popping them off. But I remember that RPG coming and hitting. I saw—I mean, I—I I could see this. I remember seeing the Humvee being hit, and I didn't know where it had been hit. I just—you know—all you saw was smoke all of a sudden. And I forget who was on the fifty cal, but somebody was up in that on that fifty cal, and I just thought when I saw that happen and I saw the smoke and everything, I thought for sure I thought, man, somebody's somebody's dead, man. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And as it continued, uh, the person that was in, you know, up there in the the little turret part had, it's almost like they had like came out of it and done like a backflip roll off of the Humvee. And I was like, gum, man, he's fine. He's cool. <laughs> and I was like, what a move, man. That's a pretty good maneuver there. <laughs> and, you know, the stuff that you do in combat, yeah. you just, you know, it's unbelievable. But I just remember that's one thing that stuck out to me on Easter Sunday. It was just um, seeing him come out of that that top, man, and doing that, like that little black, that back flip roll maneuver he did. I don't even know if he remembers doing it, but I remember seeing it. So, but I remember that and everything else was just kind of, we did dismount and had to go clear a building. And then while we were sitting outside the courtyard of that house, there was uh, some mortar rounds that were being fired pretty close by i remember that and then i remember going back to brassville mora and us uh kind of regrouping and going back in that night and you know that was a that was a pretty long firefight it's how many hours that lasted i want to say king might have might have even said it was like 19 hours no it was a a full day from what i remember it was about 24 total hours Yeah. yeah yeah it was it was a long one and that was our first big um if you want to call it organized firefight yeah no it was absolutely um that was the tactics of the of the people we were fighting at the time that's what they would do new patch new unit um inexperienced soldiers let's see what they got and let's fill them out and so they were basically doing to us what we did to them during the mm-hmm. probing missions that led up to operation baton rouge so we yeah. were trying to figure out how they operated you know, where their defenses were, how they defended things, how they responded. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's kind of wild to think about in, in retrospect because, uh, you know, 
you know, obviously, like in any mission, you know that when you do an after action review, you know, you can always point out things that you could have done better. But for mm-hmm. us, for that being our first like true combat experience, um, our you know, our 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 test, you know, essentially, um yeah. <clears throat> like we did we did pretty fucking good, man, because I mean, again, like the Bradleys didn't dismount us when we didn't need to be dismounted, right? They engaged when they needed to be engaged. Um, there was no overkill really on anything. Um, you know, uh, communication was on point, um, either on radio or on the ground. Yeah. I mean, like <clears throat> from, from my perspective and from hearing the stories from other folks, like there really wasn't a lot that we could have done uh better throughout that whole engagement um yeah so i mean you think about it man like it's it's insane and again like you could you could take it all the way back to 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 you know oh oh two oh three and and our training and our getting to know each other and how we all reacted um in some situations and our communication our training blah 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 etc and so on um and Tyree, and you, and you can definitely attest to this, right? Like, you understand, like, okay, training in an environment, like, you know, like, obviously military. We all have that experience with the military. But, like, you, mm-hmm. you move on. You move on to being the LAPD um, where, you know, you're dealing with, like, real-life, real-world situations. Not just every day, but, like, potentially, I mean, every call that you're on is a, is a completely different, new, and real-world situation that you have to address and figure out and the best way for you to navigate those something you know sometimes is is through some some type of training mm-hmm. yeah um, um pretty much uh, it's all muscle memory um yeah when i was doing training when i was in the academy the instructors would be like are you taking this seriously i'm like yeah I am, but I've done this so much I can do it backwards, blindfolded, mm-hmm. you know, standing on my head. It's like I'm I'm not taking I'm taking it seriously. It's just that's how I operate. I'm not gonna get overhyped about things like this. Like, right. This is easy for me. This is and, and that's that's an important detail because you know, you get you get folks and I and I'm sorry, I'm kind of on a tangent because, you know, drill sergeant trainer, blah blah blah. But like <clears throat> um so a lot of people tend to look at training as this again, this again, this again. Mm-hmm. Um, so just recently at Mike's wedding, actually, I had the opportunity to speak with a guy who um, um, is a special forces dude who works in a group somewhere in the U.S. I'm not going to you know, say any specifics, right, because of, you know, obviously, obviously what they do, anonymity and all that good stuff. Yeah, but exactly. one of the things that he and I talked about one of the things that he says that separates the regular forces from the special forces is repetitive training, like yeah. doing the same thing over and over and over and over to the point where it's just like, oh, my God, like you were saying this again, because when when it comes down to real world um, shit, when it comes down to like it really happening in real life. There's no thought process, right? The only real thought process is like, okay, what's different um, about this than what I know in training? And then you just react. You just initiate. You engage. You just do, 
<clears throat> and 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 that's the point of it. Like so, special forces guys, SWAT guys, all these elites, right? Like they're just really, 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 really good, really good at the absolute basics. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was a really great conversation with the guy. Uh. But yeah. So. I think when it comes to us, I mean, obviously we're not special forces. We're just regular dudes doing, you know, shit. Yeah, we but like, work with some. We did, yeah, we did. Yeah. But I think I think the thing about us that that helped us out because Easter Sunday for folks listening, man. I mean, if you listen to previous episodes, um, like Easter Sunday was the day that we our metal was truly tested, and I think we proved ourselves beyond a shadow of a doubt. Their chair. Yeah, I think we proved ourselves beyond a shadow of a doubt how well we can handle whatever it is they had because whatever they had, they threw all of it at us. And not only did we kick ass, but we fucked them up. And that, I think and I say that yeah. I think that's important to remember. Is uh, for me personally, it was very cool to see the big machine working. Yeah. It was very cool to see all this, all the training that we put in, all the, all the drills, all the Come long together. running. It's all the long, everything that I complained about, all that stuff <laughs> forming together. And then, boom, we're in the middle of this and we're tested and we, we strike back hard mm-hmm. and we do well. And it wasn't even the, I wasn't really afraid at any point during that entire day. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Once we really got into working, I mean, I was afraid I'd get hit by some stray shit. Yeah, that's just right. how how things went. But um, no, I was I was comfortable with what we were doing. Like, I, it felt good. I knew things were working out because I could hear them working out. You know, I could mm-hmm. see things going properly. Yeah, it was a it was a good feeling. So you know, everyone yeah. did there. Everyone uh, pulled their. <laughs> Everyone pulled their uh, their weight. It was it was it was cool. I mean, we've said it before a thousand times, man. But like, I feel so fucking lucky and fortunate to have deployed with the group that we deployed with, man. Like you guys, like yeah, you know, you may so here's 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 the best way I can put it. Like, even if you didn't directly save my life. Right. Our experiences and our training and our, you know, our, our, our closeness, our relationship being so tight and so what it was that saved all of our lives. I mean, it was insane. I just I can't I can't harp on that enough. I really can't. I know I know every episode we end up talking about that. Uh, and, uh, and, and 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 but it's true. It's absolutely true. I'm willing to bet if somebody takes some money and uh, does a study on units, the amount of time that they're together as a group, mm-hmm. as a whole, before and after deployments, I wonder where we would rank, like with our yeah. contact, uh, casualty count, all that kind of stuff. Bullet count, even because you know they they count all that shit back then too. Well, I mean, uh, you, where you look- where would we be in that whole thing? Well, you you look at some of these special units, right? Like all the units in the special operations community, um, you know. And if you're in a special forces group, you're in that group for years, right? You don't PCS. You don't go from seventh group to 
fifth group to you know first group you stay where you are right yeah. same with the seal teams you might you might jump from east coast to west coast to this or that or whatever but my understanding of how they even operate is they stay within their team because they know each other they have this this built cohesion and this this um this uh this 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 framework built around how each individual operator or teammate works and we had that yeah. and Imagine how the army would be if uh, things were like that for all units. Like you're gonna oh, stay man. with this unit. You're gonna stay with these guys. So you went as a basic training with. You're gonna go to the same unit. You're gonna mm-hmm. stick together, continue training. Man, could you imagine? Yeah, I would stay in Germany, Germany for 20 years. Absolutely, man, that'd be sweet. <laughs> all right, so hey, let's focus. Uh, yeah, Stamper. Yeah, give me uh, one of your butt pucker oh shit moments. <laughs> I had a few of them, brother. Um, let's see. The very first one that comes to mind will probably be. I'm trying to think. Hmm. And also, name uh, the guys in your squad. Well, your team. Yeah, I mean the ones I had. I mean when I rolled in, you know, Rob kind of already answered that one on the last one, but it was you know me, Rob, and Hal, and then Bozil. Okay. And that's probably – I think that's who was in the Humvee with us on the way there. Sorry, Hal, man. Yeah, he, he was with us uh, driving into Iraq. But, um, mm. yeah, I had uh, later on – I was in a squad. I was in Sergeant Humphrey's squad uh, towards the end. And that was King as a team leader. And I became a team leader. And then I had uh, Snyder. I had uh, Santiago. He was in my squad. Uh, had a couple of rounds with them guys, man. <laughs> they were good guys, but boy, they test that patience. But yeah. um, <laughs> oh man, oh man. I mean, it, you know, Snyder even got left at one time at Brassville Mar when we was at a uh, Uvani. Uh, you know, I really? just left him. Oh yeah, he was asleep. Yeah, I, he didn't make it to the Bradleys. And I said, forget him, man. I ain't gonna put up with that. I said, I ain't got time for it. I'm not a babysitter. And then, um, sure enough, we come to Uvani, and I almost got Article 15 for that. Uh, but um, <laughs> Yeah, Sergeant Baggett came up to me. He's like, "Man, you can't do that." And I said, "Sorry, and I'm sorry, but I mean, the guy, the kid's going. You know, he's going to have to learn." And uh, I had him on the front. That's the only person I know of that was in the front line and rest on top of Yuvani in uh, in Iraq. <laughs> I had him front line and rest <laughs> probably for a good solid 15 minutes with all his gear on. I hated to do that to him, man. But dang gum, and I love him to death, you know. But. Phew. Boy, yeah, and it's, it's, it's a time and a place for that. It's like it's not the time for that right Ooh. now. Man. Come on, I tell you, I, t- I tell you, at the same time though, at the same time though, man, like if y'all want to know what the infantry is like, we don't fuck around. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Like we don't fuck around. <laughs> I didn't have time. Like we fuck it. around, but we don't fuck around. You yeah, know yeah, when, it, when it's time to do something, it's time to do something. It's not time to. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, fuck around, like you, know, you said. You, you, your patience is, you know, your patience is low because everybody's tired. That was close to the end of the deployment. I mean, we were all tired. We were, uh, we were just ill. You know, we were brothers, but at the same time, when you're waking up beside each other, 365, you know, you just, you just tired, man. You're yeah, just like, yeah. You know, you know better than that, and you know what, you know what ticks me off, and. You know, you you push that button, and you know, like I said, I love him to death, and you know, but he remembers, he won't forget it. I guarantee it. Santiago too, man. We had a couple of rounds, you know, where we ended up face to face, and it was just. Uh, I think some of it though is just. <laughs> I think some of it's just the heat and. Yeah. And hey, just, uh, 
I remember I remember some of the guys that you're in charge of later on they came up to me like man what is up with Stamper I'm like what the hell what do you mean what's up with Stamper it's like hey he's acting all hard I'm like dude you know we're in the middle of fucking combat like this motherfucker he's got a family he's got this he's got that it's not time to play around man yeah you can fuck around on the pad but well, well, and that's the sector, thing, get your shit together. And that's the thing, right? Like, yeah, he's got he's got family, but at the same time, if he's designated as the team leader, he has your lives to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, we the, the whole thing about the you know the front line and rest incident. I mean, that was just or the push up position, whatever you want to call it. That was just. Um, I think we. You know, Sergeant Baggett, y'all had actually, I forget who all was on that mission, but we were pulling security on top of Yvonne that, that morning. And um, I was away from that bunker at the time. I was checking on in a, at another another bunker, and um, it was Snyder's bunker. And right in front of him, man, um, Sergeant Baggett's um, Bradley runs over a landmine in a water puddle. Mm. And it was it was kind of hard to see because – at the same time, that's before I think they blew up that bank when the engineers or the, um, you know, they came in and blew. I don't know if y'all remember them yeah. blowing up that bank. Okay. I think it was yeah. that, you know, the, the insurgents, man, they weren't stupid. They were, they were, you know, they had a little bit of intelligence about them and they knew that was probably like a, you know, a soft area that we couldn't cover and we couldn't see. So they just dropped it right there. And, but now it looked terrible on us. I mean, we're up there yeah. supposed to be pulling security. And here comes not only, you know, just another military member, but it's our own. I mean, it's our platoon. And it was starting back. At that. I mean, yeah. He came up there. Boy, he was all right, man. I was like, hey, sorry. I'm sorry. You know, it's my, that's my, uh, that guy over there. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't, anyway, I'm sure I used some choice words at the time. But anyway, that was one reason why he was in that position, I think. But a lot of it, it's like you said. And you know, we, you know, we were on some supplements over there every now and then. We'd get on GNC or something. I'm sure that didn't help out with the uh, testosterone part of us. And we're young, you know, we're mm-hmm. in our early 20s. So I mean, you can people can just imagine. So you get to that point, man, and you're hot, you're tired, you want to go home, you don't have any time for nonsense, and then somebody does something stupid. And- yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, but yeah, they were in my squad and they were a good squad, man. They were a good team. They were, um, they were fun to work with. How, man, he was cool. But yeah, we had, um, I'm trying to think of some of those moments you're talking about. No sound. It was a, um, I've had a few of them. Oh, I, okay. Um, one is, I think Rob was talking about this, this, and I can kind of, um, help out with this one particular, um, event that happened. It was when he was talking about where we came up. I think no sound. Y'all was on the other side. And the reason you don't remember this, KJ, I think you were on another uh, alleyway. But we had went out this day and um, the lieutenant and some of our uppers, they had went into an, I think it's a little school, elementary school or something, but they were giving out, I don't know if they were giving out like some. Uh, educational material or something they were giving something out and just you know doing the you know we're here to help you you know there's a better life than this right here and going to the younger Iraqis Mm -hmm. and we're just sitting there pulling a 360 perimeter like we normally do and um, 
all of a sudden, I mean, I always tell people this right here when we got in firefights. I said, you could always tell when something was fixing to happen. It was like the old Western um, television shows or, or the mm. movies. You know, everything mm-hmm. starts shutting down. Everybody starts closing up their shops. And you're just like, oh, goodness, like the wild, wild west, man. I mean, once you start to their homes and start closing the doors on their shops, you're like, well, here it comes. Just get ready. Yep. And that Every had time. happened during that. Yeah, during that time, they were in there and we're pulling security. And sure enough, there we get a call with the radio. I mean, and they're just kind of like, "Hey, get ready! Everybody's closing up their shops." And we're just like, "Oh goodness!" So we just kind of sitting there, just waiting. And all of a sudden, we get mortared, and um, we had to cross to a different section of the city. <laughs> that was the worst thing, man. About being over there is that you, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't just say, "Well, they shot a few uh, rounds off at us." You know, we're good. Let's, you know, let's continue with the mission. It was just like everything yeah. stops and you go to it. Mm. So we were on, we go over there to it and we all line up. They had us all on different alleyways or different alleys. <clears throat> and we're trying to move up to the end of each alley to the next made to the next main road that's running between those alleys. And as we come up and I've never understood this about mechanized but you know the dismounts you would think taking you know you get that 20 or 25 ton um beast and roll up first you know but yeah. no they, they take the dismounts and the dismounts they walk up first with the bradley either in between or behind you a little bit so we're clearing the alleyways and you know the thing about our rack is that almost every home or every house has a courtyard which is kind of yeah. like a dirt wall or brick or block wall around their home so you can't see what's over inside that that part of that house or that yard well what a yard it's just like a dirt yard but almost every house or home has that so you don't know what's going on on the other side while you're walking down those walls and we get to the end of that alley and i'm setting y'all remember i'll throw a shout out to hefner hefner was in my my team uh if y'all remember oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was two four nine. Yeah, the cook. Man. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he. Um, <laughs> I was sitting him down and putting his sectors together, and I was just like, you know, from sitting down, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you just hear it. I just look, I'm like, what? I look around. There's just dust like flying up, man. So I start doing the old high step maneuver. I'm trying to get to the other side, other side of the alley. And uh, Helf had seen him uh, come around. He did the old uh, spray and pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, he saw him kind of come around. So he had kind of eye contact. I didn't have anything. My, my back was turned to him because I'm sitting there trying to tell, you know, give him his sectors. And while I'm doing the high step maneuver, he's, boy, he's shooting back. Well, that's, you know, we come up on, we go, go to the other side. Brown, I think y'all are on that side, man, with Absher and them. I'm not sure. But. Um, that's when the Bradley rolls up. And I don't think it was Lieutenant Gunther, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was Lieutenant Wesley. Y'all remember Lieutenant Wesley, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Trip okay. Gun. Okay. I, okay. <laughs> I believe it was him because uh, this was a little bit later into the deployment. And um, after Sergeant Gun- or, uh, Lieutenant Gunther had detached from us and went somewhere else, I think he went to the mortar. But anyway, um, <clears throat> he pulls up. We're like, you know, come up here and, you know, blast that alleyway, you know, it's over there across the road. So that's when he does the little ghost round. Is that what they call it? 
the ghost rounds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Any? Oh yeah, man! It was one right submarine. Like, Are you, uh, yeah, torpedo, like, torpedo. You're like, what? What is that, man? Shoot that twenty-five millimeter. We're just like, <laughs> what are you doing? It's a doom, doom. And you're just, oh my goodness! For you know, first of all, this is terrible. The guy's <laughs> obviously gone by now, probably. And then second of all, it's just embarrassing. I mean, <laughs> this is embarrassing. So, uh, so <laughs> I guess it's during the time when I'm crossing the street with my my team to go towards that alley. But firstly, we had to wait on everybody because they wanted to keep everybody online. You don't cross the road until everybody gets to the end of their alleys just to make sure there's no type of incident or accidents happen. We didn't yeah. want to get ahead of each other is what I'm saying. So the alleyway that was shooting to us was kind of off to our left about 50 yards. So we crossed the main road. And I guess it's during the time where uh, Lieutenant Wesley may be telling Rob to pick up the rounds where Rob's like man are you kidding me so <laughs> he goes down the left side of the main road I'm going across and I'm going on the right side and this is when I get the old, uh, we're coming up on the corner of that alley and I kid you not dude that everything that could possibly happen to you whether it be a grenade thrown over a courtyard um, wall or somebody jump over or you know just any every possible way that you could think about dying goes through your mind while you're walking down those walls to get to that alleyway. Mm. And um, that's when you get that sick feeling. I don't know if you ever got that sick feeling in your stomach, but I started getting nauseated. Oh, yeah, man. And I was I just kind of like, yeah. I so have fucking, uh, what is that shit called? The um, acid reflux over there. Hmm. Yes, yes. So <laughs> we're coming up on that. And I don't know what it was, man, but I had a bad feeling. I just, I just had a feeling. And um, uh, Curtis was his gunner on the track, and y'all remember Kurt? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he Crazy was hurt. Yeah. So we're coming up on that corner, <laughs> and dude, I'm not gonna lie, I would not turn that corner, man. I just said this is not gonna happen today. Not, not me and my guys. We're not turning this corner. And not today, so Lieutenant. Yeah, not, not today. So Lieutenant Lewis is like, yeah, you can clear that corner right there, and I'm like. No, no, sir. No, sir. We're not clearing that corner. And I was like, you bring that big piece of machine you got right there and just, you know, clear it yourself. You got the – anyway, I'm just like, dude, you've got this 20-ton machine you can roll up here and just, you know, you can clear it yourself, and then we can come in behind you. I said, this this don't even make any sense, first of all. I said, second of all, you know, we're going to die, you know. if we. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to turn, so, you know, as soon as we turn. But anyway. Sure enough, um, we kind of argued there for a minute, and I normally wouldn't do that, man, with a higher ranking, especially an officer like that, but I just had that gut feeling. And um, sure enough, man, they pull up, and you heard it, ding, ding, you know. And um, I remember Kurt, after we got done, we actually got halfway down that alley, and then we mounted back up. But, yeah, they got hit a couple of times with a small arm. It wasn't much, but it was just enough. And um, we got back and we always did our briefing, you know, at the end when we always mm-hmm. met up. <clears throat> and uh, I remember Kurt coming up to me and was like, hey, man, that's a good call, man. And I was like, dude, I said, I don't know if that's a good call or not, but I wasn't clearing that corner. He was like, dude, they were just sitting there, you know, when we came up um, to the middle of that alley. And I said, I knew it. I mm-hmm. said, I knew it. So that was one time. Um, you know, the, I always told people, you know, the offensive side of fighting, 
is the is the worst, man. I mean, that's I'd rather fight on a defensive side any day than mm-hmm. on the offensive side. So, because we were at the ODA house, man, special forces compound, and we were having that big firefight up there. You know, I wouldn't, I didn't, I didn't really have that type of feeling in the bunkers and everything while we were shooting. So, or in the firefight, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, that was that was one of those times and. um trying to think there was there was a couple more man that runs through my mind i'm sure i'll think of them while we keep going but i mean yeah i don't i don't uh man i don't know maybe there's something wrong with me dude or or maybe i just didn't give a shit as much as anybody else did i don't know what the fuck but like i don't remember um having any of those moments i don't remember having a single moment where i was like overly concerned or in fear of my own life. Not once. There was a handful of times I was overly concerned or in fear of of everyone else's life or lives or somebody in particular, right? Like, you know, during, during, you know, Easter Sunday when I remember, you know, um, somebody calling over the radio that, that the two seven track had been hit at the time, you know, like that was, you know, uh, Griff was the gunner. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being, you know, in fucking ape shit mode about, you know, that track being down and specifically in my mind, him being dead. Right. But like, like, you know, all of them. Right. But like, obviously like, you know, Mike and I, we went to basic, we, we have a, you know, a deep history. Um, but like I, I I I can't think of a single time where like I had I remember one time we were sitting at the OK Corral and I had a um, a single round a sniper miss me um, so close that it blew out my left ear right like the the snap Ooh. of the round as it passed my head was so was so close that my left ear like it blew it out right wow. Um, mm. And oh, my only thought was, oh, I should probably be lower on this wall. <laughs> Nothing beyond that. We get a little you know lower. I mean? Yeah, yeah like let me, me let me duck down just a hair, right? Like <laughs> you almost it, got me on that one. You know what I think it is? Is <laughs> yeah. earlier you're talking about, and I was listening to a show because I listen to our show mm-hmm. all the time. You know, before I forget, <laughs> and once a week. Anyway. Yeah. uh you and that you were saying if you're going to basic train and drink the Kool-Aid, don't 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 just take sips, like drink it and guzzle it. Yeah, I think yeah. at that I think at that point of the deployment you had guzzled everything. It's like here we are, you're accepting everything as it comes. Because I, I think if you had stayed on that extra high, mm-hmm. extra intense alert, you lose your mind out there, man. It's tough. It's yeah. tough to stay like yeah. that. No, I, I I can see that for sure, but I mean, I, I and, and you know, it, it might be it might be more along the lines of I mean, yeah, the, definitely like, you know, like I was I was back and forth on whether or not I was going to stay in the army prior to Iraq, even during Iraq and after Iraq. But like, mm-hmm. while we were in Iraq, it never occurred to me to not be in Iraq. You know what I'm saying? We were there to do a job. We were there to operate a certain way, right? Like, you know, my life was in danger. Your guys' lives were in danger. It was our jobs to ensure 
our safety, right? Yeah, everything else didn't really matter. It was right. Yeah, yeah. Your your live safety, or die at this point, right now. Right, right your, now, <laughs> your safety, your guys' safety was more important to me than my safety. I remember a conversation with Kyle before we left. I told him, "Is like, listen, man. Like, if it comes down to a situation where like it's me or you, you know what I mean? Like, it's gonna be me. You, you have a wife, you have a kid. Mm-hmm. I have, I have my family back home, but they've known me for at this point twenty one years. But, you know, like, you know, whatever, right? Like, but that was my mentality. You know what I mean? And and uh, I don't know. I, you know, I've thought about that since then. Like a lot of times, actually. Like I've thought about it. Like and I wondered, am I fucked up? Am I broken mentally for for not feeling that way? Do you know what I mean? Are, bro. No, I don't think it's you just are. You it's are. just, uh, just the way you uh, deal with it. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's what you what you are. What you are. Yeah. Well, and I and I got to think, man. Like you think about like the the folks that listen and the, and the messages that we received, and 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 people that think about what we think about or talk about or or think about what we talk about, like. Surely, there's other folks out there that who 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 were in that same boat or that same mindset or that mind frame or whatever. And 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 it's not to say that like when you're there to feel fear is bad or wrong. I just don't ever remember being afraid of my for my own life. Yeah, you're kind Do of you like a Tonto off of the uh, thirteen hour uh, Benghazi. Or is it was it thirteen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tonto, yeah, that's what he said. He's like, man, I never get, you know, never really that scared. I'm just ready to go. I mean, it really was, man. Like huh. I, and it, man, this is another reason why I say I think I should have stayed active duty because I think I might be one of those people that like kind of thrives on that environment. Like I am ADD or ADHD, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and so like my I just. <laughs> Am capable of dealing with that world. That's why when you said that earlier, I was like, "Wait a second, are you ADD?" Um, yeah. <laughs> or I say earlier for folks listening, yeah. the last episode, go back and listen to it. But um, but like, no man, like it's it's just it's just a wild thought, man. And and I've I I just I don't know. I, I it, you know to I me, think it's just some people. You know, everybody's different, man. Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. I think I value your guys's lives more than I do my own. I think I value other people's lives more than I do my own. And I think that comes along with the concept of selfless service because Stamper, like when you were there, you were married, right? Newly, fairly newlywed married. But if it come down to a situation, you know, you would have done what you needed to do. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. I think that's a, a very hard, difficult, or impossible pill to swallow for people who don't even, who, who've never served. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, we, I mean, people talk about it all the time. I see it on social media all the time. I'm very active on Instagram. And I see all these fucking posts of all these fucking these uh, these folks who who who, who uh, flex their their abilities with their guns, you know, gun bunnies oh, yeah. and whatnot. You know what I mean? And and they're just all about it. And like, oh yeah, man, like I'm this is my life. This is what I'm about. But like when when push comes to shove, when you find yourself in that actual actual situation, what will you be? How will you be? What's more important to you? Your life or the lives of the people around you. 
And I think that's what differentiate differentiates, you know, a soldier from your average Joe. And 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 I kind of take it back to the to to the last episode where you talk about how prior to you joining, oh man, if you join military, you're dumb. You're dumb as shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You were Your dumber. Over. Yeah. Dumber than all hail. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the amount of selflessness that goes into it, man, like it, it takes a lot. Um, you know what just hit me? You know what just hit me? Yeah. Is uh, technically right now, mm-hmm. right now, officially, are we a country at war? We are not. Of it. Right. So the people who are joining the military now are guys like us, the way yeah. we were when they we might were not kids. Ah. It just hit me, like just right now. Like if they are joining the military thinking, oh, well, nothing's going on right now, guess what? Well, you and never know, man. I you see you say that. I've got um, I've got a former soldier of mine who is currently deployed in a place that we're not going to name. Um, working with some people who do some things. Um, so, but that's not to say that like when Tyree and I, you know, when we when we joined pre nine eleven, that's not to say that like we didn't have soldiers somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just we know that. Yeah, it's just GWAT wasn't a thing. The global war wasn't much of a thing, but um, it's 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 interesting, man. It's an interesting it's an interesting uh, dynamic all the way around. Um, Yeah. All right, so Stamper. What's it? Okay, I got you. Hey, I got you another one. I got you one real quick. Here it is. Okay. Um, Okay, I'll tell you one of those moments. (laughs) <laughs> I've always been asked, hey, which one, you know, what was one of your, you know, the scariest things or, you know, worst things in Iraq and all this? And I said, listen, man, rockets was like, mm. because I never knew, you never knew where they're going to hit. You could hear them coming for a split second. And so we're on Brassville Mora. And I guess, I don't, I guess it's the, around the first deployment because, you know, we moved from Brassville Mora to Razor and then to, uh, Yvonne, I guess, after we got back when we got into the city. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we're on Brassville Moor, and I'm up at the uh, headquarters, Connex, getting ready to get on the old satellite phone, call back home. And, of course, there's always like a, you know, most of the time there's a line. So I'm like maybe fifth in line or something like that. And all of a sudden, man, there comes that sound. I hear that, Doop! and you, sh- you just hear it, man. And you're just, I mean, you drop and everything puckers. It it was, you jump on top of the per, the person in front of you, the person on the back of you is jumping, you know, jumping on you. Because mm-hmm. you never knew. But, yeah, those, I did not like rockets, man. I mean, they only happened, you know, maybe, I don't know what, three or four times maybe. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that was one of the worst things. Uh, you know, even even with mortars, mortars wasn't even that bad. It's really as like the rocket. Yes, the rockets. The rockets were the thing where I'm just kind of like you hear that puff and then that sh- you just hear it coming. And you're it's thinking, a different man, it's sound. coming right up. Yeah, I think you it's, that it's different right sound. up your rear end, man. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It was coming I, right at you. But. You know the the difference between mortars and rockets uh, for folks listening, right? A mortar is launched generally out of a tube. The launch, it's a very specific sound, and then it travels through the air at a very high trajectory. And then impacts uh, uh, where impacts based on its trajectory, whereas a rocket is typically or generally aimed 
um, and has some type of propellant that 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 kind of keeps it, you know, on its on its you know track or trajectory or whatever. So for me, though, like I, I would say, mortars were more were um, more uh, alarming just because you really never knew if they had their <laughs> their uh, trajectory worked out right. But mm-hmm. a rocket, you're right though. You think about it because you know uh, you, you hear a mortar. As soon as you hear that whistle, you know that it's gone over your head. Yeah, you're good. Mm-hmm. But you, the rockets didn't have that. No, you just yeah. heard them coming. Yeah, you didn't know where they was going to land. But yeah, the way mortars, man. Um, that was one thing that kind of stuck out in my mind about mortars. I've always thought on afterwards. You know, I never, I never remember the whistle sound like that. You know. Mm-hmm. I always had the little sound. It, I told people, I said, it always sounded to me, you know, those things you buy as a kid, they're yeah. like a little tube and you, yeah. turn, you know, back and forth. And yeah. Back yeah. And forth. I don't know if that's the sound, but that's what a mortar round sounded like to me. A buzz. In Iraq. Yeah. yeah. Just, it wasn't more of like a whistle. It was more like a, so yeah. Uh, I, I like a hum remember, almost. Remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always remember that. I was like, huh, that's not like it is in the movies. So. Yeah, but anyway, that's one <laughs> yeah. thing I remember. It it is funny to not like the movies because, man, I mean, I I can't think of a single movie that really pinpoints or dials in on what combat is actually like. Because there's, I mean, it's always glorified in some way, shape, or form, blown out of proportion, extended to some degree, et cetera, and so on. But we all understand that that's Hollywood. But I will say, man, like RPGs. Um, and I think I said this before, but like a a, a big a big semi uh, releasing the air brakes always sounded like a, a launch of an RPG, and probably sim- pretty similar to a rocket. If I if I thought about it, man, that that, that used to give I me. I can jumps. see that. Yeah, that used yeah, to give I me jumps. Yeah, I remember one time we were in Würzburg, um, walking out of the house of 150 beers, and uh, a semi had had done that had had released the air brakes or something like that. And it did that that sound where the air is just just rushed out and mm. immediately I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and I'm on the sidewalk in Germany. The same shit happened to us. Remember Tyree when we were in uh, the Canary Islands with the fireworks going off? Remember that? Yep. Yeah, dipping scary, and dodging. Scary Nancy's. So Stanford. Yo. Tell me a little bit about uh the golden Quran. Mm. Okay, I don't remember that as good as y'all do. Uh, I remember y'all talking about it on the earlier podcast. I don't. I don't really remember that. That I mean, it would take me back a little bit and let me reminisce, and I'll kind of tell you where I was at that time. Well, as far as like the, we I know the mission. A... I remember, no, hang on, I know what you're talking about. It's that, it was a night mission. Right? <laughs> was that a night mission? Yeah, it was. It was a, yeah. night, it was a yeah. night mission. Okay, it was a night mission. Okay, I remember. We were supposed to go into a house and clear the clear a house mm-hmm. with with our team, our squad, and we were at the the it was like the courtyard gate, I guess you could call it, like the door of the courtyard, mm-hmm. and we're kicking it. It's like a little door. It's like a little metal door. And man, I'm kicking that thing, and I'm kicking. It. And that's another thing I'll tell people. I always tell people this. I said, you learn how to kick a door in when you get to Iraq. You know, you, <laughs> you know. I got to the point where you don't kick forward anymore. You can do the mule kick. You know, the yeah. mule kick always works a lot better. You just got more strength. You're never off balance. It never pushes you back. 
So anyway, yeah. What's I'm a mule kick? There, man, I've, hang on a second. The What's a mule, mule kick? kick? Like, you know, it's like you you stand in there and you do the you do a backwards kick instead of like a frontwards yeah. kick towards yeah. the door. Yeah, it's like, I call it the mule kick. You know, like a mule a kick if you walk behind it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I learned how to kick a door in that way. It was easier on my when I had more strength and uh, and never got off, like I said, it was never off balance. It never threw me off balance. So we're, I'm trying to kick this door in, man, and I've I've kicked it like four times. Is it thou, man? Thou, thou, and nothing's happening. I'm like, oh, dude, man, this is embarrassing. <laughs> so they're like, hey, there's a door on the there's a door on the you know the the side over there, and I was like, yeah, let's try that one, man. So it it was either a door on the side or maybe we climbed the wall. You know, we climbed climbed a few walls over there. I got a real funny one on oh, Brazil, yeah. but anyway. Um, so we go around to the side and we find our way in and as we go in it's a house that has like all these um big 55 gallon drums um i forget what they were made of but they were in the kitchen and there were wires ran from the kitchen to that door to the front of the courtyard Okay. And I remember, and I remember the smell too. And I remember somebody saying, "We got to get out of here." So we get out, and this might not have been the same house <clears throat> that Doc and all them was talking about. But this was a time to where I was like, it kind of hits you right in the middle of it. Like you know, maybe if you hit that, maybe if that door would have been kicked in, maybe something mm-hmm. would have happened. But anyway, we got out of there, man. We didn't even mess around with it. We just, we just need those fifty-five gallon drums. Sitting there, I don't know if there was anything in them, but I remember wires, and I remember it going to the front gate. And uh, I was like, "Man, something, maybe something's watching over you at that." So, at that time, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember that night as well as y'all do. I do remember that one that we cleared though. So, but, uh, we, what you're talking? We didn't even go in that house. No, we went into the house. We went to, and we got into the kitchen. Okay. And when we got to the kitchen, it's when we seen the 55-gallon. There were a lot of 55, 55-gallon drums. I don't know if y'all know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like you'd have, like, chemicals or something in it. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. We, didn't, we didn't sit around and, like. Sit there and check it out. out. We're not going to sit there yeah, and smell we just, it and fucking lick it. Yeah. Hey, that's what that is. Yeah, I, don't, we were, I don't remember the drums, but um, everything else is matching up. And that actually makes mm-hmm. sense compared to, like, with, with, when, you, when you think about, like, what uh, – what we were talking about with uh, with Doc, because um, you know, like the smell, wires being wired into places. I don't remember the drums though. Yeah, but um, I remember the I remember the smell. That's a very distinct smell. Yeah, and, and so that got in there. I was still in the hole outside. <laughs> <laughs> no sound in the hole. Sitting there in the hole, man. Um, but that's that's kind of an interesting um, addition to that story, which kind of you know is part of the, part of this whole part of the the point of all this but like um it's like I, I, it's like i'm looking at this overhead and i mm-hmm. and i could see little little bits of things like i could see where i am yeah i could see where you guys are i could see inside this room now with these drums and these wires well see it's I, like I the, think, the pictures being were, painted i think there were multiple home, like houses that were hit that night i mean I, that may, yeah like i said it may not have been the one i mean because there were multiple we all had different houses you know how we do when we go in and clear a house you say well we're gonna we're gonna do a raid on this one house and next thing you know you've cleared 15 three right. hours later but yeah so we had yeah, it um, may not have been the same same one 
we had three house we had three ejectors that night. And um if I remember right, and I remember we got to that first house and that was the house that had um the smell with the wires and all that stuff. And we kicked rocks and we moved into the second house and then nothing was in there. Uh nothing suspicious either from what I remember, but that's when Captain Rock kind of called it. He was he's like, We're sitting here too long. This yeah. is not good, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Because we'd already been ambushed. We'd already taken, you know, rockets and mortars. We've already taken small arms and RPGs. Oh, um, imagine and, if a rocket or mortar and hit that fucking house. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. So, at yeah, this I don't, point, I don't though. I what was up with that house. At this point, though. Oh, no, that house was ready to blow, man. And it was ready. house was, yeah. So, I'm telling you, dude, like, call it what you want. Like, fucking God or the universe or whoever you know like we are lucky as shit that that did not go down the way they intended it to go down you know why you know why it didn't was that because you were in a hole no because we needed to be here to do this fucking show we needed to do this show (laughs) all that stuff all that stuff back then that room not exploding not killing all you guys Everyone having their whole lives, their whole families working out and doing whatever they're going to do up until this exact point. That's why it didn't blow up. Man, that's a very, that's a very big, um, not big. What's the, that's a, that's a, that's something, Tyree. I will we'll have to talk offline about where, 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 uh, where your beliefs lie. That's an interesting thought, man. Yeah, that's oh, man. Stuff, man. I got wacky beliefs. <laughs> so, Stamp, Stamp Deal Double G. Go for it. Uh, were, when did you ever take a uh, break? Did you ever? Uh, when did you? Um, did you go to Qatar? Was it Qatar? Mm-hmm. No, Qatar. no, no. I came, I came back home. No, I remember Keen going to Qatar. I remember that he showed me oh! the, uh, the oh! SUV ride that he did. Yeah. When when no? Do you remember what happened when he came back from there? Jog my did he get blown up? No, oh. man, he went to Cutter. It's it's apparently pronounced Cutter, by the way. I I just recently um was pointed out to that. Um, but anyway, because I say Cutter, want to say it right, right you, I feel you. And Qatar just makes more sense. But like Cutter, Qatar, whatever you want to call it, was like the R and R place, like the the three and a half day weekend yeah. getaway, right? Um. Sand and and sun and and no beach. Um, <laughs> do you you, you guys are lake? I didn't go to that. We snuck out. We snuck off the post and went in, onto the economy and got shit faced with some um, uh, folks. But um, you you don't remember what happened with with King? No, I'm standing in my kitchen like in awe right now because um, I'm in my kitchen. Y'all don't remember? He laid out at the pool, fell asleep. You don't remember? Oh, yeah. I do. I do remember this. No, you got to explain this. How do you? How do you forget this? He laid out there the pool. Got he got like what was it? Like second, third degree burns. Yeah, it was close. Sunburn. Third. Yeah, it was bad. It was the bad. dude was was beyond <laughs> lobster red. He was lobstered out, dude. He beyond was. it, to the point where when he came back. After his R and R trip, how do you not remember this? He was 
if I'm not mistaken, he was given an Article fucking 15 for destruction of government <laughs> property. It was, oh, it was pretty serious. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty serious. It was they funny, hemmed him was up, man. Yo, I do yeah, not he... remember that at all. Maybe, yeah, maybe I maybe as soon as he got back, maybe I went on leave. When did, when did this happen? I don't remember when it was. I mean, hot as fuck outside, but you know. Okay, so hard, I was. You know. I I took my two week leave, um, sometime in the summer. So I probably missed that. Yeah, man. Like, dude, Wait, he, I, so he... I came back from leave the day before uh, Baton Rouge started because I remember yeah. they, I, I came back to the jail that was up north. Yeah, I think no, I he came back maybe like a week or two earlier. Yeah, he 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 would have been August. He would have been that would have been before that man because he went to yeah, he did all that while we were like hands one, across the thing. desert. Yeah. Well, oh. this wasn't this wasn't leave. This wasn't leave home. This was his the R and R trip to Cutter. It's like what most of the most most of the single guys did. Majority well, of them I, that went on, they got R. Okay, on. you didn't go. Y'all didn't go to both. Uh, yeah, I came, I came I back both. to the states. I went to I, got, I, I went came to... back to the states for two weeks in August. So you never went to Cutter, nope, or whatever. Nope. Wow. I did a, I did a fifteen. Out. We did a fifteen dayer. That was it. Damn. Did, did he really miss out though? I I mean, I had a blast there, man. I mean, no, cool. I had I I got I had fun that one night that I went out in the economy. I got a massage while I was there. First massage I ever had. And I didn't notice the sign that said wear uh, boxers when you come to it. I didn't own boxers <laughs> or really underwear at the time. And so I, in there just sexually assaulting people. No, I was in there getting sexually assaulted, man. Like I lay down on the table. She's like, you got underwear? I was like, no, I don't have any. She's like, well, whatever. Get on the table. And this chick, I mean, I say chick, this woman was going to hey, town buddy. Whoa, on massage. Hey, hey. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, okay, no, no, I'm just saying. No, I, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, nothing crazy. Straight uh, this. <laughs> but she had these. She yeah. had these. She had these fingernails on her. Where you listen, going, lady? listen. No, 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 no. Listen, you gotta understand. My my nieces listen to this. I I'm not gonna tell any stories like that. Okay. Um, all right. All right. No, no, no. So they she she's going to town on like with, on on my legs. Like she's massaging my my hamstrings specifically. Yes. Um, and she's got these fingernails and she's very careless with 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 how with where the area that she was doing and the fingernails hitting specific things and it hurt really badly. She's Freddy Krueger over here with the nails, I guess. With the sack basically. Yeah, no bueno, man. <laughs> oh man. Um but other than that, like you know, first massage it was not bad. Like I I, I felt relaxed, I think. I don't know. Edwina's Edwina scissor hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um but yeah, dude, uh that was a that was an interesting time. But um yeah, man, you don't okay, yeah. So he got if I'm not mistaken, yeah. he did he did get an article fifteen for destruction of government property because when he came back in country, he couldn't go on mission for like a week. Yeah. Yeah, see, I had to have been gone. Must have been, yeah. I think I would definitely remember and make fun of that to this oh, day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But All you right. know, yeah. it's King. King's a good dude. So Slow <laughs> King. Gotta get in. Gotta get into the tough stuff. Go for it. 
what do you remember from the uh, ICDC house? Hmm. Razor. Yeah, Razor, ICDC, yeah. Um, I remember um, knocking those canes down. I remember that. That oh, was, uh, that was awful, man. That was. I think everybody tries to oh. forget that. <laughs> I have fun with that, man. Oh. We used to launch yeah, off the top the of shit 20, 30 feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah putting man. the plywood up. That was I fun. Starting bag it, getting the diesel, the diesel fuel out, man. <laughs> Shooting up. flares at it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fo- folks, listening, folks, listening. So, so, that so, was a good so, ass memory. The ICDC compound, what would later become Patrol Base uh, Razor set on the bank of the Tigris River. And so along the Tigris River were all these gigantic reeds, basically plants that grow out of water. Um, they get anywhere from you know, 8 feet tall to like 15, 20 feet tall. And they obstructed our view. Um, so we had to clear them out so we could have a better view up and down the Tigris for anybody trying to approach us through the river, which actually did happen, um, which is why we had to do this. So we tried everything, right? We went out there with machetes, uh, and that was that was very labor intensive. Yep. Um, we we like you said, we covered them with JPA or diesel fuel, and then shot flares at them. That was uh, <laughs> fun. That was cool. That but, was but, stupid. Didn't work. But but didn't work. <laughs> but didn't work. The most effective tool that we had was sheets of plywood. Plywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Because we. We lay them up against the, you know, and what's what's the what's the standard measurement of plywood? Like a like a four by eight or what is it? Yeah, right, we use a four by eight. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So we lay it up against it, and these reeds would be, you know, three four feet taller than it. We'd push and push and push and push until the plywood was at such an angle that we could, one of us could run up, kind of run up the wall, basically, on top of it. And then bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce until the, the, the reeds and the plywood were essentially level with the ground. And then yes. we would just repeat out into the Tigris. I mean, there, I remember there were points where we had, we were over water the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I, I fell into the fucking Tigris. And I, was, I remember being like in panic mode because... You know, the back of the ICDC compound is where they would execute people and toss them into the river. So there's yeah. all this, like, I don't know if y'all remember that, that this, like, this black stuff just kind of, like, coming from the bottom, emanating from the bottom. And it, it freaked me the <laughs> fuck out. That, yeah, that might have been the only time I was afraid of my own life. I was like, oh, my God, get me out of this water. I don't want whatever diseases this shit has. But that, um, was, a, really, that was a good memory because I remember people jumping off the top of Humvees. Full speed yeah. into these reeds, trying to knock them down. Like <laughs> we were kids, some man. X game we type shit, time. back flipping off of stuff. Yeah, thirty. Like I'm, I'm not joking when I say thirty, like twenty, thirty foot jumps from cliffs into these freaking reed line, reeds to try to knock them down. Like it was crazy. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. You I remember, was surprised um, no one got severely, severely injured. Well, I was gonna say, you remember when Iribi fucked up his arm? Well, I said severely. Yeah, so really, well, I mean, close enough, though. So doing a machete chop, right? Yeah. Comes down, chops at some reeds, but then the reeds that he had previously chopped had just, like, right into his forearm, shredded that shit, man. Basically yeah. from, from, from wrist to elbow. So that's pretty uh, severe. 
Yeah, that's. <laughs> that's I mean, but severe. you know, not not life threatening. Yeah. Shit. You know. All right. So. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, it was. It is what it is, man. It is what it was. It was mm-hmm. a. It was a bad time, but it was also like you said earlier. You know, you always made positive things come out of negative situations mm-hmm. and that was a negative situation it's just people did positive things like made it actually like a game or something or a challenge you know on the mm. trying to get yeah that I mean that was that was pretty rough I mean it was hot it was miserable and <clears throat> but we had each other and uh, we took care of business yeah the engineers man they had to follow us everywhere because we always had to rebuild yeah you know Brassville Moore was pretty much set up when we got there, but Razor wasn't. The engineers had to come in and restructure that whole place, and then they had to come in and do Vani. And mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, the I guess I guess the uh, RCD, I mean the uh, Razor. I guess that's the first time I've ever uh, burned feces and stirred it. I guess. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we, I got a few pictures of that. Y'all talked about Tinsley. Like being always being positive, he would man. He'd always have a smile on his face too. He was always a positive guy. Kept it going. You got Billy Jack with a smile, you know. Always keeping. Mm-hmm. It. You got um, there was a few guys like that. It was just, you know, they were just always not just happy, but just positive and just like, hey, you know, it is what it is, and we're here, and let's not just get all down on each other and get depressed because that's the worst thing a person could possibly do when they get to that point. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I, that's where I got, man. At the end of Iraq, I was at the point where I just – yeah, you almost get to, into your mind to where I was just like, you know, this is it, man. This is life. And <laughs> we're, we're not even going home. <laughs> that's yeah. what I thought at one point. I was like, I'm not even going home, man. I'm just going to – yeah, I don't even care what's in the middle of the street anymore. I'm just going to walk down, right down the middle of it. And it got to that Absolutely point. Absolutely true, man. You're right, and, dude. It really was. Yeah, yeah. We just go knock up on, you know, knock knock on people's doors and go uh, straight up to people, and you know, kind of got complacent in that um, in that situation. And I really, I found myself in a bad bad spot about, I guess, about a month out. And also, that was during the time when me and Sabrina, you know, we was emailing each other back, and she was even getting a little depressed. And it just played a uh, psychological effect on me, where I just like, you know, I just don't care about anything anymore. And I honestly didn't. And um, uh, Sergeant Gill kind of took me. It first started with me and Sergeant Humphrey. We were on top of a rooftop. And um, I don't know what had gotten into me that day, man, but I was sitting at the corner of the rooftop. And he just came over there. He was trying to, like, talk to me and tell me about some stuff that we were thinking about he was wanting to do when we went, you know, got to the bottom. And uh, just basically tell me what the mission, next mission was going to be and everything. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. You know, Roger, Roger. He's like, "What's going on, man?" I was like, "I just better off just not even talk to me, man. I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about it anymore." <laughs> He's like, "No, I'm trying really? to think about the, the mission." I was just like, "Yeah, I don't really care." I said, like, "Well, we just go and you know do whatever. We just mm-hmm. you know just go clear some houses or any. I don't know what it was, man. It was just something weird. I don't know if anybody else experienced that, but like I said, it could have been some of the supplements I was taking. Maybe that was a little bit mixed in with it. I just." I just got to the point. I just didn't want to talk to anybody much. I didn't want to be around anybody hardly. I was just, I, I think I was just done with Iraq to a point to where I just like, you know what, this is miserable. And I don't know. 
You I don't even know enough, if we're going to go home. I did. I guess I had a. I got to a point where I just didn't care anymore. And that's, you say that, that was, was kinda, a. You say that was a month out from from us being done. It might have been a month out. Maybe been about two weeks out. Because I remember Sergeant Gill. He kind of came to me. Uh, Sergeant Gill kind of came to me. Kind of took me <laughs> under his wing. He's just like, hey, why don't you just go on some of the, um, you know, the the right seat rides and you know left seat rides and all that when the new unit was coming in. And I was like. Hey, whatever I got to do just to get, <laughs> do something different, I'm fine mm-hmm. with whatever, Sergeant. And he just kind of is like, all right, you're going with me. And uh, that kind of took my mind off things because it was kind of like a um, – it was a switch. Of, and that maybe that's what it was. Maybe I just got complacent, man. I just I just got to where we were doing the same thing over and over. And yeah, I was just tired. I was just like, man, this guy – and that may be a little bit of that ADD stuff you know, kicking in there, KJ, it may be that where I was just like, I got to have something new going on. Yeah. It's always, you know, it was basically going up and sitting on top of rooftops there for the last little bit, just waiting for something to happen. And, you know, sometimes things would happen. You almost got to the point where you hope something did happen. And, um, Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. This is boring, you know, and no. I don't know if y'all remember this. I, I, let me bring this up. Y'all, we, we went, you know, there were certain houses that we went to and we would set up and you got to the point to where we were going to like um, houses, you know, people had abandoned or weren't built yet, mm-hmm. still under construction. And we would go and kind of um, pull our mission there and stuff like that. But there was one in particular that we'd go to and it was not fully um, developed yet. And I don't know how many times we'd have went there because, you know, we'd go to certain sections of the city uh, throughout the week when we're doing day missions and you would wind up at the same place maybe like two or three days later. And <clears throat> that's just kind of what we did. And then there was one day, though, we were close to that house. And we were actually doing a TC. We were doing a traffic control point, um, TCP. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're about, I don't know, 15 minutes into it sitting there. It wasn't a very crowded spot either. I mean, there wasn't a lot of traffic coming through. And all of a sudden, man, we heard an explosion go off. And sure enough, it was that house. It was right in front, the front door that didn't have a door. It was just an opening. And they had they had planted an IED, a small one, right underneath, like the gravel and dirt, going into the opening of that 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 hmm. house. And and I remember that. Yes, I remember that man. And I remember thinking, here we are on a TC. We just decided to do something different that day within the same section of the city. And, um, yeah, they were pretty much, they were pretty much, uh, watching us and they just assumed maybe we had went inside that house. They just weren't close enough to really see, but we were like just a little bit farther down doing a traffic control point. So yeah, I remember that, man. That's one of those, that's one of those things, man. Yeah. I remember Billy Jack. Here's another one. This was, this was awesome, man. Here's one about (laughs) Billy Jack. We go into a house that's occupied, and of course, we got a courtyard around it. And the the mission that day was is that our squad was going to this home, and we were going to act like we we're searching and stuff like that. And the Bradleys are going to pull up, kind of like the we kind of got the idea, kind of like from um, the SEAL team that got attached to us towards the end, that like so many would go in, but then only a few would come out, and we would try to trick them because the Bradley would back up to the entry to the courtyard so you yeah. couldn't really see how many people were coming back out and people would actually stay like there'd be like a team or a squad stay at that house 
with the sniper, the seal snipers up on top of the roof while the team or squad was on the bottom of the house for so many hours at night just to see if we could find to see anything suspicious or anybody planting any IEDs or anything. Yep. So, so yeah. Um, so we were doing this one day, but it was during, it was during a day mission and, um, Billy, it was, it was me. I can't remember who else, who all was with us, but Billy Jack was there. And the reason I remember Billy, Billy Jack being there is because when we went to the home, we cleared it and everything else like that. The Bradleys left. I mean, they left us there and uh, we had comms with them, of course, but they were wanting to see if we would notice any activity. So we would go to like the second floor and look out the windows and just, you know, and just, uh, just observe. And, while another team was in the bottom with the family, um, making sure they were staying in one place, not moving around a lot, probably drink, probably drinking on some chai at the same time, <laughs> some hot chai. <laughs> and then, um, <clears throat> well, it got to the point, man, to where um, we were there so long that people were like coming up to the uh, courtyard gate. It was like knocking on it. It was it was like family members or friends, and we were kind of you know kind of freaking out a little bit. It was just like, hey, man, you know. <clears throat> we got to do something, Sard. Um, people keep on coming up. I, we thought maybe they've been trying to figure something or they knew there wasn't that many of us in there. Mm-hmm. So so what we decided, our game plan was, is that Billy Jack's going to dress up like an Iraqi. So we dressed <laughs> Billy Jack like an Iraqi. Uh. And when somebody would come up and knock on that gate, we would follow Billy Jack out and we would stand behind the gate while he opened it up. And uh, he had his, he'd have his, you know, all the way up to his neck. So they really couldn't see him real good, but they would, they would kind of come in. And when they, I mean, it was just enough that they would step in. They were thinking it was one of their own that Mm -hmm. they were pulled in. So, man, I kid you not, there were like 15 people up in that house what? by the time the Bradley (laughs) came back. Man, we had pulled people in there and we're just like, you know, who are you? Of course, they couldn't talk to us. But mm. Billy Jack was playing the role of an Iraqi man while we were pulling people in, man, the bottom of the house. That was a cool. That was a pretty cool moment. Academy love, Award. Yeah, yes. I, do, I would love to hear uh, Billy's Billy's take on that, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you oh, got to loving it. We, we, but you got to think though, right? Like, either in the moment or or in retrospect, like, I mean, here you are potentially facing. Face to face, eyeball to eyeball, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the bad guy, you know what I mean? And, and, and his job is to answer the door. If they're the bad dude and they're suspicious in, in, in any kind of way, I mean, that's that's like a shit situation turned into a shit situation, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for Billy, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But as we, we, we mentioned we before, Billy it. was just so fucking chill, dude. Like, so he's the guy for that, you know what I mean? So he had that little smile on his face, man. Yeah. He was dressing him up, and he's just like, "Oh man, you know, like man, you know," and smiling while he's saying it at the same time. And I was like, "Man, it's all right, Billy Jack. You're gonna you're gonna do good with this, you know." And he's like, "Ah oh, man, you know," and just smiling. <laughs> just like, That's Billy Jack, man. I he, and I, I know that smile, man, because I I can see it in my head, dude. He's he's like, "Oh man," like yeah. he's yeah, almost he's like, like, "Fuck, this is me," but at the same time, like you know, here we are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> fucking Billy, yeah. bro. Yeah, that, I never, that knew, I never knew about that. that. I never knew yes. about that. Yes, yeah, that's no, me like neither. Humphrey. 
Sergeant Humphrey wouldn't remember it. Yeah, he was our squad leader. So it was, yeah, it was a good one, man. That was, you know, that was a good time. You know, Hump, Sergeant Humphrey lives literally like 30 minutes from me. Really? And yeah. you guys have just ran into each other randomly a couple times, right? So um, he, his last assignment while on active duty, he was assigned to the University of Arkansas doing essentially what, what you did, Tyree, with the, with the, with the cadets or, you know, whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. Officer, you know, recruits, all that bullshit. So he was working at the, the U of A here in Arkansas. And, um, I, man, I saw something where he, he, you know, he had posted about how he was working there. I was like, holy shit, dude, are you in, are you in Northwest Arkansas? At the time, I was living in Fayetteville, um, where the U of A is. And I was like, dude, like, that's crazy. Like, I'm right down the road from you. So he, you know, but he was busy with the army doing this and that and whatever else. And, you know, and I'm, you know, living my life and being a shitbag. And, uh, and, uh, you know, he retires from the army and retires, you know, here in Northwest Arkansas. And I don't live in Fayetteville. He doesn't either, but he lives near there and I live just outside of it. Um, but yeah, he and I live and what's fucking dumb about it is I still have not hung out. With old Sergeant Humphrey, you know, he's on the he's on the go a lot too, though, man. I mean, him he and his is wife, man. They travel all yes. the time. Yes, they do. They he is man. I jealous of his life because he's you know he 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 did his time. He served well, served honorably, yeah. retired, and he is out there getting it. Living it. And I'll tell you, yeah. Sergeant Humphrey is another one of those dudes that looks identical to how he did, you know, sixteen years ago. Man, looks the yeah. same. Um. I remember one time, dude, like I had a, we were in the barracks and I borrowed a shirt from you. It was like a Razorback shirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking through and he sees me wearing the shirt. He's like, oh, you like uh, Northwest Arkansas football? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, no, you the, the shirt you're wearing. I'm like, oh, no, I brought this from Kevin. And I'm like, he's from Arkansas. This is his shit. I don't give a fuck about Arkansas. Whoa. <laughs> hey, man, he got so pissed Damn. off. Like, I thought, like, seriously, we had beef, like a slight beef after that, because I, I didn't really understand how, how Arkansas he was, like, to the core. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah. You I should hit him up sometime. I know. I know. Yeah. I okay. Know, man. So let's continue. Uh, Stamp. We're almost done. We're almost yeah, go done. For it. Uh, Are we? What else you got? Actually, let's get into uh, Baton Rouge, Rouge, and then we'll go into the end of uh, you leaving Iraq. Baton Rouge. Yeah. Um, Well, we came into that out of Razor. You know, I don't know if you all remember this. Um, That got brought up yet, as far as I know. But, um, you know, we, we tried to hit that mission about two or three different times before we actually went in. Um, kept on getting called off there for a couple of times. And I, I kept on hearing that it was when they got out, like, I don't know if they were like, like at a round table or whatever, but when they get together, all the, um, pretty much all the commanders and, you know, captains and all that stuff that they would go over the, uh, the mission. And if somebody did not know exactly what they were supposed to be doing at that particular moment within the mission, that they would call it off and kind of regroup. But I remember that. Like we lined up, I think we lined up like twice or something like that. And it was like, no, they they called it off. We're going, you know, we're going to do it again, maybe in a few hours. And then it was like the next night. But I remember that. Um, 
because that's what me and uh, little dude we were kind of uh, we were kind of uh, hanging out at that time, and we were just like, man, dude, are we ever going to go in? And I was like, hey, man, it may be for a reason. You know, if somebody don't know what they're doing, we, we definitely don't need to be going in. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. So, yeah, we roll up in there, and uh, I think we knew. Um, I think somebody might have mentioned it before. But everybody knew they were going to, you know, do a IED Something mm-hmm. was going to go off when we first mm-hmm. went up in there. And that's when we went up in there. We just see it. Y'all, I don't know if y'all remember that. We just see it for like 30 minutes. I don't know how, well, it might not have been 30, but it was for an amount of time where we just sit and waited for something to go off. And then finally, sure enough, boom, the first one went off. And then I just, that was kind of, um, kind of vague right there for me to remember the very first. I do remember going sitting there and waiting on the uh, first ID to go off. And when it went off, I don't know if something else happened. I remember hearing some small arms fire, but then I remember them dropping the ramps and we just started clearing houses, man. And um, we just went from one house to the next. And then somehow we'd always end up on the same rooftop as another squad or multiple squads. And um, I don't know, man, that was, that was three days of, that was a long three days, long three nights. Or, and um, I remember us meeting up on the rooftop of, right in front of the uh or the building at least right in front of the uh the graveyard you remember the graveyard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was kind of a showdown right there for a little while Some well, that, that whole graveyard <clears throat> extended a, a pretty good distance man because at one yes. end is where the oda compound was where we had um or as some as some folks remember at fob casino um where we had that particular firefight that lasted about a day or a day and a half, whatever it was. Um, but I know it extended further down the opposite direction. Um, you know, and there were various, various houses along the way. And there was, I know there was a lot of fucking skirmishes that happened through there. Um, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about, man. Um, I don't know. It was just, uh, that, that was an interesting spot. I feel like there was a lot of things that happened through there, but those, those, those things that you're talking about where we did, um, we would set up, you know, get in position to roll in or whatever, and then call it off. So those, those, I think were a part of the probing missions to kind of, kind of make the bad, to, to kind of like, to kind to, of throw to keep them, them off. Or, yeah. 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 It's yeah. Like we did the ones where we would move across the dam and figure out where the defenses were. That's when we dropped that 500 pound, uh, bunker buster, on the one building and um, which is on YouTube, by the way, if you, if you look yeah. up 500 pound uh, bomb in Samara, S A M A R R A Iraq, there's a video of it on there where that bomb uh, hits that building detonates as seen through night vision on uh, on Abrams. I'm actually um, way ahead of you on our Facebook page. If you uh, look at the videos, there's those videos are there. Are you already posted oh, wow. it? Cool. Yes. Yeah. I did. So, um, yeah, you can also go to the Facebook page before I forget and find that video there. It's a really cool video, honestly, because it's it's a especially when you think about like from our perspective, because we were what we call danger close, like danger close is used to refer to like when you are within a certain blast radius of a particular explosive, depending on the size. So if you're within a, a dangerous distance from point of impact for that particular explosive 
Um, and when that went off, uh, us, our platoon, second platoon, and Sergeant Rojas' tank, we were danger close. Like we were just across the canal from us. So I would, I would, if, if what I remember right, I remember the building very clearly because it was, it was directly to my 12 where I was pulling security. That building was maybe 400 meters across the canal yeah. and then the building. So, and then obviously when, when, when they dropped it, we had to button up, which means, you know, get into our vehicles, close all the hatches, et cetera, so on button up and bomb hits detonates uh destroys this fucking place and uh you can just feel the concussion from this blast and just the vibrations of the explosion just moving through the ground and the earth and the bradley in your body it was uh pretty surreal being like holy shit that's wild and i just got to physically experience that but like what you're talking about that was I, I think, honestly, I feel like that was more of like a, a setup being like, okay, we're moving. Nah, no, we're not. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a, like a maybe, teaser. And maybe it was. That's a pretty good idea. I mean, if, it, if, it, if that's where they were playing it, because I mean, it definitely threw them off because it took them a little while to react, especially when we came in. Yeah. The city that morning. Yeah. Cause we, we hit, I mean, we moved in midnight, October 1st, we're rolling yeah. in and I don't remember having contact immediately um, it took a bit, at least from our end, you know. Um, but yeah, it was very well played. Um, and for folks listening um, who are familiar with uh, with the, uh, the the battle that took place in Fallujah in November of 04, 2004. and I, I think Tyrena, we I think we've talked about this in previous episodes, but like the the Operation Baton Rouge was the mission, the battle plan that set up what was going to happen in Fallujah the month later, you know, yeah. uh, to see it's even possible to do something like this. Um, and, 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 and I, and I say this, I'm talking about, we're talking about this as if, as if it was only just one, two, six infantry that did the whole thing. We had lots of people assigned to us or, you know, assigned to the task force that moved in on this. Oh, lots man, I would of- love to hear from a different unit. Yeah, man. Like, I can't wait until we can get some of these guys from Charlie Second, uh, Charlie Company Second of the One Hundred Eighth, or maybe if we can find somebody from the Twenty Fifth Infantry Division um, that was that was there for that that one company. Um, I know there were some other other guys there. I just can't remember the units. It's it's actually there's a Wikipedia page, um, and I think it outlines all who was involved in that. But um, yeah, pretty pretty wild, man. And if I'm not mistaken, pretty historic. Um, which is and also, you know, kind of the point, right? Like of, of, yeah. of, our, of our, of our podcast, but like, we're, I mean, like it's, it's, it was a, I mean, we were there for that. And then to think that like, that was, that was, it, it, it went off so well that they were like, yeah, no, this could work in Fallujah. Fallujah was a bit more of a, a pain because larger city, um, it was a stronghold, unlike Samar. Samar was a stronghold, but not near as bad as Fallujah was. Um, and Fallujah and, and you know, our, our, the allied forces that went in there, you know, the Army, Marines, and, and, and Navy, uh, SEAL teams, you know, they, they, they experienced some pretty heavy resistance and some casualties, um, unlike uh, or not to the level that we did, or I'm, I'm sorry, beyond the level that we did. But still, man, it's 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 wild to think that like 
Like, hey, let's test it out on these guys. We were the guinea pigs. Yeah, it worked yep. though. I mean, we you know we we rocked the house for three days, and next thing you know, we're you know we're wound up in Uvani, and then you got General Casey coming in, yeah. being like, hey, good job, guys. Clanking but, uh, coins, clanking yeah. coins. <laughs> yeah, I got to meet in his pocket. Major with Sergeant <laughs> Gill. We went down there. The, and they rolled in. The first infantry division, Sergeant Major, right? Yes, it was the uh, he was over the uh, our I think he was over the whole um, the stage there um, in Iraq wasn't that General Casey? I think he was like uh, a that, maybe is that not him? Yeah, no, he I rolled in. He had the avi- aviators on that mo- that day when he rolled in because uh, Sergeant okay. took me down there with him. Had the old aviators on, come up in there, very first person he sees Rockefeller, Rockefeller, how's it going? You know, coming over there, and sh- <laughs> shaking hands, and they were giving the old salutes and all that stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I got a uh, coin from his sergeant major. I forget who that who that guy was, but anyway, you know what would be great? You know what would be great? We we mm. were talking about coins. If we had people post pictures of their coins, oh yeah, when they bring them up, yeah, oh, I only got four. So still post a picture of them. Yeah. Well, you, wait, wait, wait. You don't have you don't got Facebook. Have have, no, have, have, have your wife do, do it. it. Yeah, have her do it. it. Yeah, she can yeah, do it. Yeah, go. I got one from Kosovo and. Yeah, I got a bunch of them here. Yeah, four. hey, folks, folks listening, if you've got coins, uh, post them to our page. Yeah, we want to see them. Post yeah. a pic- post a picture and explain how you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's even better. Like okay, that. so yeah. Um, all right, so Baton Rouge is a smashing success. We're gonna get up out of Iraq. Uh, me, we we took a bunch of pictures. I know we just jumped over a big big piece here, but you know, time says. Mm. Oh yeah, what it says. Uh, we took a bunch of pictures when we landed in Germany. <laughs> what what were what were you thinking in those pictures? Pictures. I don't even know if I've seen those pictures, man. I mean, I don't uh, know at, at the time about. that at the time that we landed in in back in Germany uh, after deployment was done, we're we're done. We're back home. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I actually got a video of us on the uh, C one. It was a C one thirty, right? Yeah. On the way back, yeah, I got a video of us, uh, me sitting beside Hart, Sergeant um, Humphrey, and uh, got our beanies on and everything. Man, we're just sitting there and we're just woo, everybody screaming and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, we coming home. I got, I need to get that video, uh, send it out, get Sabrina to send that out. But mm-hmm. uh, oh, I just remember, man, I was just kind of like, you know, I remember like when we got when we got to the uh, gymnasium. I, I think that's what it was. It's like a big gymnasium they took us mm-hmm. into. And I was like, man, where's my wife, man? I'm looking for my wife. And I, <laughs> I hate to say it, man, but I think Sergeant Ott and them kind of uh, dropped the ball on the wives thing because, you know, my, mine and Sergeant Humphrey's wife wasn't even there because they were told that we were going to be coming in. It was like 30 minutes um, or an hour later or something like that. Yeah, they weren't even damn. there. So I got to – yeah, so Sergeant Humphrey's like, hey, man, let's just – you know, we'll just get a taxi and just head on head on back because we lived in the same apartment building. And – um I remember getting there, man, and I remember opening the door, and I was literally, man, I, my my body was shaking. I don't know if it was just because of the the, the shock of um, everything being over, and just your mind just starting to, you know, run away, or if it was just nervousness, you know, seeing my wife again um, for you know six months, and then what all we had been through within that six months, and. Um, because I saw her, you know, I saw her in August and then coming back in February, I just, 
I was literally like when I picked her up, I mean, I was I was just shaking all over. So I don't know what that was. But anyway, it was something. But I was like, man, I got to get a shower. And uh, she's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep. Well, we'll just shower later then. But anyway, um, so, yeah, it was just uh, – that's crazy, man, to think about because I think about that randomly. And that was the end of it. You know, that was pretty much the end of it. Yeah, you it, come you come to an end of a um, a shared brotherhood relationships. I I think we were just so exhausted, and you know some 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 were staying in, so they weren't really thinking about that. We were so young at the same time and just wanted to kind of be done with it. Because you know there were there were talks. I remember talks going around when we were still at Brassville Mar sometimes pulling security that they were, you know, you had those extensions and everybody's just like, man, we're going to get extended another six months. We're going to be here for 18 months. Mm. And, um, just for all of it coming to an end like that, I don't think anybody really realized until that day that we met out at the gazebo behind the barracks mm. and they, and they handed off the, um, the glasses. I, I think oh, they were, man. Maybe they were like a beer stein or something. It was yeah, something beer, yeah, steins. Yeah. 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 And Sergeant Baggett, man, I'll never forget him like running up to me. And I was, I mean, I was heading out. I mean, that was my last time to see all y'all. And I was just kind of like saying my goodbyes and everything like that. And I remember Sergeant Baggett like running me down. And um, on the other side of the barracks, when I was headed towards the car with my wife in it, and he was just like, hey, Snapper, man, I just want to tell you, you know, I really appreciate, appreciate you being over there. And I was just kind of like, hey, it just kind of hit me right there. You know, I just got chills. I was like, you know, that's it. It's over. Yeah. that part of my life and um so it's just i think it's one of the things i wanted to take in but i couldn't take it all in because we were you know so much going on about ets and all that and at the same time just trying to do something different with my life but you know the stuff that i took for granted or maybe other soldiers take for granted when they go somewhere like that and go through an experience like that. I remember like in Iraq, everybody's like, Hey man, you know, what do you, I was like, I just want a cheeseburger, man. I just want, <laughs> I just want an American cheeseburger <laughs> or I just, you know, I can't wait. I remember telling my wife cause she had picked out a home for us at that time. And she was just kind of like, you know, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to mow the grass. I said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I just can't wait to mow the grass. It was just, it was just weird stuff like that that would pop up randomly for me. And that's things. a step you take for yeah, yeah. simple things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because when I got here after about two months of mowing the grass, I was like, hey, I don't care about mowing the grass much anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> rather somebody else do it. But you know, um, I don't know, man. It's just just odd things like that. Just like the smells, I can tell you, you know, the red zone, um, old spots, <laughs> and the pan. Uh, I remember. <laughs> Everybody's got to know, you know, me and my smells, man. I like, I like smell goods. But anyway, Pantene <laughs> shampoo, dude. I brought Pantene shampoo to Iraq, and I would wash when I'd go in and take a shower at Brassville Moor. I would wash my PTs because that's what we slept in when we had some downtime on the cots. I would put my PT uniform on, and it smelled like Pantene. So every time I smell Pantene, man, here I think of Brassville Moor. Really? Every time I hear Usher, you um. Uh, confessions <laughs> CD that was huge at that time, man. Every time I hear it, you know, I start thinking about Iraq. I, th I think about being in the connexes and cleaning our weapons after a mission. And it's the very first thing we we need to do is to get that weapon cleaned. 
and uh, or sitting back and listening to a lot Nickelback or something like that. So you know stuff Nickelback. like that. Jesus, yes, I know it. I'm bringing it back, right? <laughs> but, uh, but that's the stuff that sticks out to me in my mind, and uh, that I randomly think on. You know, or either some y- y'all guys. You know, I think about y'all on a random basis. What y'all are doing? What you know? What's going on in your lives? And but at the same time, you got life going on and it just your life takes over man it's like i told you at the very beginning of the first podcast it's just wide open like there's just no time for anything else and it's yeah. sad that life's like that right now so it's good to have these podcasts to let it slow down a little bit to be able to reminisce reconnect man yeah and and, it's a reconnection. and, and you know paint that bigger picture and and uh you know man you know, what, what, I think what Tyree and I have been learning about about what's what's uh <clears throat> what's going on with this is like, do we're having people talk about like you know I you know like they haven't talked about this stuff since then or or whatever, and so now they they feel more comfortable talking about it. Um, and I don't, I, Sam, I don't know if you've ever had a problem with that. I did for a little bit, you know. Um, and then you, you kind of get past that, but like, I, I, I like, I like that it has that effect for, for folks listening that like, they, they, I've had people that have been in for matter of fact, one of, one of, one of the guys in my unit, um, a, a guy I, I like, I really look up to, uh, and greatly respect, like he's been in for over 30 years and you know, he's, he, he came in the army in the eighties mm-hmm. and he, he's listening to our stories and he's like, man, like different time frame exact same story um (laughs) and it's 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 that's that's really neat man um because it's it's stories that that stretch across i wouldn't say that he's outside of our generation but it's it's stories that kind of stretch across uh these generational gaps um and it's it's i mean because it doesn't matter when you went to combat right like you could have gone to iraq persian gulf panama grenada you you name it vietnam whenever you went you know, wherever you went, whatever part of the planet you went to, to do, to do your job as an American or Marine or airman or uh, sailor slash seaman, because <laughs> that's what they're called. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't matter what you did or where you went. The stories are the same. Yeah. You know, and that's the best part about this, I think. I mean, obviously, it's amazing to reconnect with you guys because, fuck, man, it's been way too damn long. I don't know what we're doing too long, way too long. Yeah. yeah. What y'all are doing, man, what you've provided, you know, for some of us has already been on and the ones that's going to come on in the future is that you've allowed people to have a voice about what they went through and to let you know what their brotherhood, you know, means to them. Yeah. um, With everybody. So y'all just keep this up because when, you know, when Brown sent, sent the first one to me a few weeks ago, and, um, you know, in my job, we're just going through a transitional point within our company. And, um, it was just really stressful because they were, they just had some ideas that were, you know, was going to kind of get, take some people's jobs away from them. And, um, we tried to come up with a plan, you know, for that not to happen. And so it was just late nights and you're just trying to figure things out. It's just stressful. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. stressful mentally. And then all of a sudden Brown throws one of these at me and I listened to it. And I told him when I texted him, I said, man, you just don't even know what the calm you've sent to me today. And I said, keep them coming because during that time, you know, I was about a two week span. Um, 
that's where I found, you know, amongst other things, you know, as far as like my faith and stuff like that. But um, with those pot with these podcasts, man, just listen to them. Like, I mean, I could sit there and listen to them all night long and sit there on the computer and do some do some work and not even affect me because <laughs> I just I, y'all y'all are doing a good thing. So I just want y'all to know that I know the other guys appreciate it because I can hear what they say too. So I'm not the only one. But y'all just keep it up, man. And I'm hoping what would be great one day if some of us could meet up. Because man. that would be that would be a hoot. <clears throat> yeah. That would be a hoot. That <laughs> would be, be yeah, hell yeah. Wherever that place would be. Uh yeah, I, go ahead and <laughs> shut it down. Before before <laughs> we get too far into the, the goodbyes, I got one more question. Yeah. Uh Mike, if if What's there that? is is somebody who you would want to hear on our show. Oh That's yeah, who, who would it be? Oh man, I'll throw out the shouts to all the all the guys in the platoon. I mean, if you get you know Hefner, you know you get. I don't know if Snyder would want to do it. Um, uh, Sergeant Gill, Sergeant Gill would be great. He'll probably bring us some other stuff though. He's been in so long. He's probably got all kinds of mm-hmm. stories in his mind. But Sergeant Winchester would be great. You know, that was my squad oh, leader when God. I went. Shout out to him. Yeah, he was my squad leader when I went in. Mm-hmm. to Iraq so he was awesome and then uh yeah so hey Tinsley Tinsley would be great peeps need to get peeps on peeps got some he's got some good stuff oh yeah uh, he, he stays busy stuff. oh yeah peeps is good but all the guys in the platoon man I mean they'd have something to say and uh how I think how would be another good one <clears throat> but anyway I don't know what any of them guys are doing so I hadn't heard from them but uh, Stern, I think Stern would be a good one if you get outside the platoon. I don't know if anybody can reach him, but you know he's always a he's always one that can could remember and bring up some good times. Mm. But mm-hmm. but yeah, man. I mean, there's more stuff that goes through my mind while I was listening to these podcasts. Like, oh, I'll get on there and talk about all that stuff. And I, just, you know, <laughs> you start you start getting into one event, and then the next one kind of leaves you. But the brotherhood well, will always be there. So yeah. Well, and the good the good thing is, man, is like I don't I don't I don't know that Tyree and I, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tyree, Tyree and I plan on stopping anytime soon. No, you don't. No, need to. I mean as long as uh, people keep listening. I mean, and and we got to start well, even getting then. feedback from folks. I want to hear what people think. Is uh, I, I think the only way that I, we can improve is if we we get feedback. And uh, for sure, I think I, think I got to hear that from folks. For sure, but at the same time, man, like even if people aren't listening, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously we're gonna have our our dedicated listeners, and we absolutely appreciate that so much to all of you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, man, I mean, you never know when it makes a resurgence or whatever, and it's just nice to be able to, because I, so I have this this concept in my head, right? That like you know, the moment that the last yeah, did I talk about the three deaths before? In the previous episode? The three what? Three deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got like three minutes. I know. I'm, I'm, this will be quick. But when, <laughs> when you, when you I'm, I'm looking at it now. Um, but like when you talk about, like when you put this on recording on the internet, it's there forever. And so the, the, the legacy of these people that we talk about is there forever. And even if in our lifetime or in, in our time frame, you know, folks maybe aren't listening. This doesn't mean that like, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, that people, or hopefully we live longer than that. So 100 years from now, whatever the fuck the case may be, um, people are listening to this and they think, fuck, man, like, 
that's some shit. That's that. The, these are interesting stories. You know what I mean? And and I think I think with that in mind, it's important to just keep going until we can't. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. man, I feel like I feel like we could talk to fucking Stamper, fucking Rob, to fucking Youngblood, to to Mike, to anybody, Doc. You know what I mean? <laughs> Any of these people, just hours on end, because that's just how oh, it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Makes my job fun with this whole thing try to put it together try to get people to get on, on here yeah it's a lot of yeah. fun yeah so on that note with Kevin you, the way uh, you just explained everything Stan thanks for coming on thank you so much yeah, um, I appreciate y'all having me on brother man can't wait to hear the rest that come on after me so I'll be listening and we got four hours to go through with you right now <laughs> <laughs> that's just cause I got a big mouth yeah. Oh no, <laughs> it, it's good. It's good. I appreciate it. it Hell yeah, it's, man. it's the stories that our kids are going to hear because at some point, I mean, you're going to want your boys and your girl to hear, you know, kind of a little bit yeah. about what you what you did. But it's straight from your own mouth. Hey, like I said, dude, being able to sit down with Love's daughter and and tell her some stories about her dad, who she looks up to, right? Like she, he is her hero. So be able to sit down and talk to uh, to her about the things that he did while we were deployed, man, such an amazing feeling to see her reaction, the expressions on her face. Like I can't, I can't imagine like you guys that have kids um, being able to hear all these stories, um, you know, later on in life. And that's that I'm honestly, I'm actually pretty fucking jealous of it. You know what I mean? So that's, that's pretty uh, rad. Don't, don't worry. You'll get kids. They'll, they'll come. And uh, hey, thanks for uh, you guys for tuning in to before I forget. Have a good one. Please like, share, subscribe. Thank you, Stamper. Share, share, and y'all have a good one. Love y'all, brothers. Have a blessed one. Love you too, man. Yeah, man.